Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns. It's the OG gang today. It's me, Alan, with Sol. Hello. And Calvin. Hello. Hey, oh, boys are back in town. Oh, 2021. Hey. Oh. Starting off the new year with some old faces. <laughs> <laughs> today, we're here to talk about Escape Room. I don't really know why. <laughs> why how did this film get picked? I'd never even heard of it. Because Escape Room 2 is allegedly coming out. Allegedly. Well, that, well that I, don't, back. I don't... Did it? Yeah, it's like out in October or <laughs> something. <laughs> I wondered why we were doing this, because I was like, oh, well, Saul normally pushes back all the ones that get delayed. So, oh, so. I can't keep track of what's getting delayed these days. Like, it was meant to be out. Everything's getting delayed. Who cares? I don't think it's got a date now. And uh, to be honest, though, this is the kind of thing, a sequel that would go like straight to some kind of streaming service, probably. So, yeah. Well, I'm interested to watch this. I was glad to have an excuse, because this was sort of on my radar a couple of years ago, whenever yeah. it was that it came out. Yeah, I, I kind of was up for an excuse to watch it myself. I actually watched another film called Escape Room that was on Netflix before this one got added to Netflix, thinking it was this film a while ago, and then was really annoyed because it was terrible. And, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, play my cards for this film yet, but, you know, this this is at least a film with a certain pedigree behind it, a certain amount of money, a certain degree of... You know, it, it it it's it's like comparing the um the Dawn of the Dead remake to the uh, the Day of the Dead remake to use some films that we covered on the podcast recently. You know, there's different. I have no idea of, but... which ones you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no concept. There, there's 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 schlock, but there's like high end schlock and there's low end schlock, and I'd say this is on the higher end of the sort of thing that it is, right? I would say so. Yeah. Um, just before we get into talking about the film itself, in real life, how many of us have actually been into escape rooms? Because just the format <laughs> itself is quite popular. Uh, my sister certainly like loves it. She has like a gang of friends and they go, she's a bit like the guy in this, what was his name? The one who'd been um, around um, all the different ones. Uh, Nick, Do- Nick Dodani is the actor. I know him from Atypical on Netflix. But um, yes, yeah, <laughs> so, so I, I've been to a few myself as well with a couple of friends. And they are an awful lot of fun. I have a feeling that Alan is going to have stories to tell, because I believe you were an mm. actor in an escape room sort of situation, weren't you? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I've, I do escape rooms. I, I find them a lot of fun, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I Yeah, I worked on an escape room. It, it wasn't exactly an escape room, because it wasn't in a room, but it was the same principle. Uh, we did ours uh, out in a park, like in, in London. <laughs> Escape from the park. <laughs> yeah, they came in, they gave us 40 quid each, and we said, right, get out. <laughs> um, what, what is the th- was the theme a park as well? Was it just like, look, this homeless man's going to expose himself to you <laughs> if you don't get away, if you don't run away very quickly? Hop the fence. The, the, the conceit of it was that I was a secret agent, and that was kind of I was in character, you know. Ah, so you'd sit on sit on the bench with a briefcase. Say, I hear the snow in Stalingrad is extremely cold tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then 
So they would come and find you. You'd obviously look really, you'd stunt, you'd be stood out. And yeah, we had a device. So we had all our kind of, um, <laughs> that they, they had to solve puzzles to get through different layers of it. And then you get to the end and you defuse the bomb. We didn't, we were very specific that it wasn't a bomb. We never used the word bomb because we were outdoors in London. Yeah, the <laughs> SWAT team would descend upon you. And, uh, yeah, so... How many times, actually, Alan, how many times did it happen that someone taking part in the uh, escape event, let's call it, sat down <laughs> next to someone on the bench, but it wasn't you, and it turned out it was an actual real-life spy, and they got oh. embroiled in a real-life covert operation? Oh, it happened like, all the time. Uh, it was, like it in was... <laughs> The Three Amigos and Game Night and films yeah. like that. It happened. I mean, probably once a, once a month, like across the company. Obviously, it didn't not while I was there all the time. Uh, but yeah, we were often getting uh, calls from the uh, uh, secret services and all that just to to find out what's going on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. So and we had like puzzle boxes that they had to solve. So it was all transportable, so we could move to the park, obviously. So it was all relatively small, but it worked really nicely. And then we used the location of the park. So one of the clues, for example, could be found on the sign of the park, but you had like to decide the clue three. to get there. Yeah. Isn't there exactly. a bit in the park where they have to fill up some jugs with water or something? <laughs> exactly like that, yeah. But yeah, we, we used the location as well and there were keys hidden around the park and stuff. It was it's it was a, a fun thing. And and when I started doing that a few years ago, it was something of a novel thing and, and it's just the escape rooms in general have taken off over the last five years. Uh, exponentially they've exploded, you know, it's just mm. um they've gone crazy. Uh, but yeah, and and then in London, where rental space is expensive, doing stuff something like that that you can do in a park for free was obviously a a, a good choice for this particular company. Mm, mm, definitely, but yeah, you, I mean, you are right. Like they they have really exploded these last few years, and I guess that explains why we have this film. Um, Sol, have you been to any? No, I I, I was um, I was meant to be going to one uh, with a couple years and years back but then that couple broke up like just as we were about to book it in so (laughs) you'd like it so you'd get you'd get into it yeah just you know it's you don't want to go on your own do you and you've got to find people that you that have an interest in something like that and also you want to do it with so (laughs) oh it can be a real strain on a relationship (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how many people did you witness break up as a direct result of <laughs> what you were doing in the park and uh, no, i don't know about that I, I did we would occasionally get people who just weren't playing so like you'd get you'd get people coming as part of a hendu or something like that you know it's the sort of thing you do in the middle of the afternoon before everyone's completely smashed and so there'd be a group of 10 people or whatever and three of them just don't give a fuck so they're just sort of sat around, and then you know, as long as they're not bothering everyone else and they're having fun, it doesn't matter. Or if you're doing it with kids, I did one with kids once, and they were all they all ended up falling out with each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And then, and then at the end, <laughs> at the end, because they didn't they didn't succeed, obviously. I saw, <laughs> I was sort of I, I said something along the lines of, now. If we all learned to work better together, <laughs> I think we might have been more successful, wouldn't we? <laughs> I I was wondering because my understanding is these things tend to be quite strict. Like if you don't escape, you 
don't escape. You know, that it's you. You can well, fail. They just leave you in not. there, <laughs> like crystal maze. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, the, it, I, I think the a group of people go to something like this and pay to play a game. You'd think there would be more of an attitude of, or oh, we'll really hold your hand if you need it and kind of oh, make well- sure everyone wins if they want to. But I, I've always kind of. My understanding is escape rooms aren't quite like that, and you can just fail. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, like they they certainly give you hints if you ask for it. Oh, that was my experience anyway. Like I know they say it in the film at one point, they say, "Can we have a hint, please?" And there is like someone watching you on an intercom who will say, "Have you checked behind the picture frame or whatever?" And you'll go and check, and then there'll be a code there or whatever. Um, so I know that we had to have a couple of hints when we were doing ours. Uh, but we made it out in both cases, and they, they give you like an hour or whatever it is, and you need to find all the clues yeah. to get the key, to get all the codes to open the door to get back out. I, w- I would say, as a, as a games master, which is what I was, my aim is to make everyone feel like they could have finished. So you want mm. them to either finish with not much time left, and they're like, oh yeah, we just made it, or just miss it. And they're like, oh, if we just had a few more minutes, we would have got there. Even though they don't quite register how much you've helped them to get to that point, <laughs> you practically told them the answers. But also, because the one I did, I was there the whole time. It was totally immersive. I knew exactly what was going on. I knew what they were working on. I knew where they were going wrong and wasting time. And I knew when I could go, that's all right. They've got loads of time left, so let them just go and make a mistake over there. And I could help them kind of team manage things and so if they were running low on time but they were going totally down the wrong road and like they're trying to do something i could just say hey don't do that come and try something else so not actually helping them with an answer but just pulling them away from the wrong turn you know so there's all sorts of different levels of help you can give there's a van that used to be parked out uh down the road from where i used to live that (laughs) said on it something like the amazing escape van (laughs) Um, and i'm guessing i'm guessing it was a a thing that you would hire to come and you'd be locked in the van and you'd have to try and escape like figure out how to get out uh rather than it being a clever conceit to (laughs) trick children into the back of a van or something like that that's I, i when i was you when i worked on one that was kind of my concept like you that I mean, I don't know if it was an original idea or whatever, but like you get a, a caravan, you can make every cupboard a, a locked cupboard, can't you? And, and do a puzzles in everything. And there's loads of space in there to work with. And then take it to like festivals and stuff like that. Make it yeah. like a half hour game, fiver to get in and just get four people at a time and just churn them through. But yeah, I think just doing something very simply in a van would work as long as it doesn't look too much like a, a rape van. <laughs> Well, this this was a. Uh, they were very clever. They painted the van blue. That's all it needs. <laughs> is that is that was it? As long as it's not white. <laughs> hmm. I, I I will say I don't think the one in this film had many of the elements I'm used to in escape rooms. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it seemed to start off quite strong with like oh escape rooms and then it just kind of completely forgot what an escape room is and it just became <laughs> like <laughs> vindictive torture <laughs> yeah let's get into the film then all right so yeah escape room 2019 
definitely a a little bit of a underground hit, would you call it? I I feel like this is done quite well on the horror circuit with with horror fans. Right, made over $100 million on a $9 million budget, so that's good. It certainly made an awful lot of money. And it's not purely the premise, it's not just because escape rooms are hot shit right now, because as I say, uh, there is another escape room horror movie called Escape Room from like two years prior to this, which Hmm. didn't, well, hasn't got a sequel coming out, put it that way. Hmm. Well, there is a proper studio behind it as well. It's uh, Columbia Pictures. It's Sony Pictures releasing. It's oh, you it can is... tell there's a bit of money there. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. It's got real it's quite slick. in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and and this is probably their sort of looking at Blumhouse, looking at the likes of Saw and those things, and thinking like, right, we want one of these where we can just churn them out quick and fast and cheap, and they'll make a tidy little profit. And this is what they're doing. I was expecting it to be more like Saw, if I'm honest. Like, Saw is an awful lot of escape room kind of stuff, mm. and this doesn't get as grisly or gory or anything like that, I don't think. It's not... Yeah, I, I was uh, I was shocked to discover that it's only a PG-13 film as I was watching it. I was kind of expecting a, a hard R, but mm. it's obviously made with a younger teenage audience in mind, I think. Yeah, which I was surprised at. I I didn't know anything going into the film at all, and I kind of assumed, I guess, it was going to be a Saw-type thing. But I, I, I was telling someone about this film a couple of days ago, and they said, oh, is it a horror? And I said, no, no, it's not a horror, it's it's more like action-y, and like, I, didn't, I, I don't think it was horror-y at all, was it? Because... Uh, I don't know, maybe that's just... I know I've got a bit of an odd thing about horror. Like, for me, horror tends to be a supernatural, or at least someone kind of actively trying to kill you. I don't know if I'd call it horror myself, but it's definitely playing in that ballpark. It's definitely playing to the horror crowd. But for me, it put me put me straight in mind of Cube, uh, was the obvious comparison. Mm. Well, that's it. There's a whole... I mean, this, this is something of a subgenre in of itself, and I struggle to find a name for it. I I have a list on IMDb of these films that I've watched ranked, and I call them uh, Game of Death films, which is, I think, a bizarre category Netflix once suggested for me. (laughs) And I was like, Game of Death? Is that the best (laughs) name we've got for this? But I see what they're going with, yeah. Yeah. It's a genre I actually really like. I have to say, you give me a good game of death film, I will uh I'll probably watch it and it doesn't have to be that good for me to get something out of it. But with most of those there is an element of goriness or yeah, part of the appeal is that you're going to see a load of gross like blood and guts and all that kind of stuff. This doesn't really uh, dabble in that much. Um, like, we're, we're not supposed to be titillated by any of the gore, I don't think. I don't think we're supposed to want any of the characters to die. Well, maybe apart from well, one of them later on. There's quite a low body count, really. Mm. Well, there's only really six people. I mean, just the, the very basic setup of the film is that six people from all these different backgrounds, uh, they all receive this puzzle cube, and then it's an, actually an invitation to this escape room that they all go to, and then they're all connected by personal tragedies and whatever, or, or mutual, a shared experience of a personal tragedy anyway. And then they have to go through all of these different rooms, and then if they don't get out in time, they'll die. That's sort of your very top-line setup. The, yeah, but the our, the film starts with someone in 
an escape room setting and it's it's crushing him and it's going to kill him. He doesn't escape in time. Mm. And so we get that first scene, pre-credit sequence. It's not just someone, though. He's, he's one of our gang that we... We don't know that. when We don't know that at the time, though, when we're watching it first time. Do we not? Do you not see his face? But Yeah, but we haven't seen him as one of the gang yet. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, yeah, we don't know it within the first five minutes of the film yeah well and can i just say just before we just before we move on like some of the most egregious examples of like dubbing like looping i've ever seen in a film like this actor's like it was clearly filmed without him without any lines or stuff and he's just running around and doing all these things but then they obviously dubbed them in afterwards so every time his face isn't on screen you'll hear a line like (laughs) i need to find the code and like oh the code (laughs) is over there the thing is falling over. The, the light, clock set it. to five to two. That must mean <laughs> that it's on the left. I got really distracted because it was so noticeable. Well, that was it. That that scene comes on and I was thinking, okay, they're just showing us some action straight up because then we're going to set up a game. So I figured like this is a previous game they've done, whoever the, they yeah. are. Uh, and then we're going to see some other people being introduced into this environment. And that worried me because, first of all, this scene was crap. Uh, like <laughs> you said, uh, this kind of weak acting because we've got no context for it. So he's just been completely erratic. And yeah. and also, he is just like seeing random sort of f- fingers and, and pointing and going, oh, six, nine. 12 so it's a bit like what's this um is this what you think an escape room is um so (laughs) i was not in a good place at that point and then we go into the uh after the credits and we start introducing a few characters and he's one of them that's getting introduced so i'm like well what the fuck is this yeah we've already seen what happens to him that's an interesting choice Mm. Mm. Not one that I believe paid off, but... Well, it's it's obviously there to try and grab your attention up front and make the film yeah. interesting at the start. But I agree, it doesn't particularly work very well. But then, because then you either think, okay, so we already, we're already we either expected to know what happens to him, which, if we was going to know that, it had to sort of pay off earlier. By the time it actually happens, you're like, well, something's got a twist here. There's got to be some something else going on. So it just felt like a weird kind of like, let's try and edit some interest into this. But also we start establishing the characters and we get three characters established, bit of backstory, just enough to establish them. And then we don't establish the other characters. They just turn up in the same place. And that seemed like a weird choice as well. Establish everyone or or nobody. We, we could have just started at this room, surely. I appreciate a little bit before we get... Well, actually, no, I think you're right. You know, you probably didn't need the little backstories. of Because we only really see, what, three of them? And then the other three yeah. sort of yeah. stand you, I think you need to do I, I I would have preferred if we had none of them. But no, I kind of agree with you. I, I think, to me, it just felt like the film was killing time. It was like the film knew it had about 20 minutes up front where it could just not worry about being interesting because it just had to introduce some people who were about to go into this game. And I would much prefer a film where it just opens with them in the game. Because I didn't care about any of the characters. I suppose that's the issue. I didn't like any of them particularly. That's not true. I like some of them. I like the one I like the one who was in Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> I don't know which one that is. He's he was he was like the old bordering on redneck kind of archetype. Oh right. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, I, I I did like him as well. I thought he he was seemed like the only one who was going off piste a little bit. Like maybe just yeah. <laughs> maybe not quite sticking to the script. I like him, but it wasn't down to his character. It was down to oh, this is a charismatic actor who is bringing something to this. I had the same thing with Nick Dodani, who played the um, uh, the the escape room enthusiast, oh, the one who gets killed. I first. liked him as well. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was the other one that I enjoyed. And you know, spoiler alert: he is the first one to go, which really annoyed me. I was like, yeah. "Oh, great! You've killed <laughs> you've killed one of the best characters off right at the start." I was sure that it was going to come back around, and then oh, he didn't really die. He was gonna he was the you know the mm. game master all along, and he was yeah. just there to sort of set this up for everyone and get everyone up to speed. But no, yeah. they don't do that. Yeah, and that that's particularly telling with that death because it seems like an accident, like the ice just breaks and he goes through. As opposed to, well, you didn't get out in time and you got punished, or, or, you know, you messed this up. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the first room they go into is a big oven. That's the trick, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, And it's it's done up to be, like, the waiting room, so I guess the trick is actually, what, you think you're waiting for the game to start? You're in the game now. Surprise, psych. (laughs) My issue with this is that it was just so blatantly obvious what was going on but the characters obviously couldn't latch on to the fact that they were in a deadly situation too quickly but then they still latched on to the idea that they were in a deadly situation far more quickly than i would have liked you know i think um that character nick dodani his was the only character i think who was still doing the come on it's all special effects it's part of the game this is like a 10 grand escape room for fuck's sake or whatever you know it's like a real high-end escape room and they've they've gone all all out they've gone all out on the effects and wow that's cool he was the only character who seemed to think that instead of immediately oh my god they're trying to kill us for real (sighs) that didn't play for me at all i think they should have basically like shot someone in the head right at the start or something (laughs) so that you knew what the stakes were the thing that bothered me was in the well i guess it's the second room but it's like the third segment that they get to when nick dodani's character dies because he's on a frozen lake sort of thing and then it blows up beneath him and he gets swept away by the current that bothered Mm. me because i think as alan just said that's like okay well we see that there are all these charges set up underneath the lake that one was set off deliberately to specifically have this, you know, this reaction and kill him, but it's nothing to do with getting out of the room on time or doing it. He was just targeted in that moment, I suppose. And at that point, I was kind of like, well, okay, I don't know if I like this so much. Just There's clearly someone. Then, yeah, yeah was exactly. Was it completely arbitrary? Wasn't there some bollocks like he, they threw something to him that oh you're right yes because they were going to get the lighter to melt the ice but that's not in the spirit of the escape room rules so um because it bringing in an outside object sorry no you're right there there was a reason but um but it wasn't part of the game as it were yeah and it's not as if it was like a warning for later on to oh don't use your own tools or anything because Mm. well they, they don't have any more apart from the lighter so it just felt a bit arbitrary and strange they did set up several times though didn't they the whole whatever his name is dr Wu or something dr Wu says play by the rules or something yeah yeah but Wu you because so like every time i said it i was thinking obama what we gonna do inject him with the Wu you 
<laughs> I I did have the same thought. I must say. Well, I watched it last night, and I, I was quite impressed. Actually, I paid a lot of attention. There was no kind of looking at the phone or anything like that. So I think I got most of it, and for the most part, for the first hour i'm not going to complain about anything actually i think for what it is it's all very nice tightly scripted and done i think uh, some of the stuff is a bit when they have to melt the ice to get the key i mean i think you'd be there for longer than the film <laughs> implies they'd be there oh, but, well uh, that's just nonsense and it wouldn't work how yeah. quickly your hand temperature would come come down yeah no, it's all right it does work i i remember um i went to a a museum exhibit about uh the titanic they were making a huge thing about how they had a real life iceberg and it just meant that in the middle of the exhibit when you're walking around there was a huge block of ice that they were maintaining with a kind of cold bit of metal in the middle that was presumably refrigerated and my friend and i stood there for ages putting our hand on it to see how much of it we could melt off to like (laughs) sabotage the thing and I mean, we 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 left visible handprints in the ice. By you know, we we can't have been there more than ten minutes because um, mm. we weren't that old. Uh, so there must have been an adult with us who would have been like, "Come on now, you're being silly." <laughs> so I think it is realistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> there was lots of little things that annoyed me. But oh yeah, it's it, you know, it's, it, little yeah, little details like that. Oh, oh, I'll tell you another one. Okay, so they finally get the key. They get out of the ice room and they go into the uh, upside down pool hall. And as soon as they, they're obviously all freezing to death, the hypothermia, they step into this other room and the guy goes, oh, well, at least it's warm in here and takes the coat off. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that was very quick. You you passed out a second ago from you so cold. Uh, okay. So little yeah. things like that annoyed me. Like it could have had a bit of recovery time between. Like I, I, I accept an un- an unrealistic amount of recovery time, like say two minutes, which I think would be still two hours, uh, <laughs> unrealistic. But you know, uh, th- thirteen seconds was a bit much. Mm. Would you have been as bothered had they not called attention to it um, if he hadn't said if he just took the coat off and didn't say anything? No, I don't think I would have. It was totally unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen it, room number one is a, it's like a waiting room. They don't know they're playing the game, but then it gets really hot and the temperature starts going up and then a huge oven appears from the ceiling that starts descending down like heaters and they realize they have to get out really quickly. And I have to say, actually, the solution to that puzzle was so simple and straightforward to me. I was getting furious at the characters. What, with the water? yeah yeah well i i quite enjoyed that first room actually i thought that yeah there, there, did, there were yeah. enough clues to make it feel like oh this could actually be something and i quite liked how the different bits of the oven were sort of like built into different elements of the set and like different compartments kept opening for a new thing to come out and stuff i, I thought that was actually well i think mm. it's the best room in the in the film yeah um, yeah yeah and it, it's it, it was a bit like they because the guy who knows about escape rooms he's like okay everybody start looking for stuff and then they don't they don't search the room at all <laughs> like they just yeah. kind of like uh, look at the i've looked at this one magazine there wasn't anything i think this game's bullshit so <laughs> i didn't like as well i didn't like that one of the aspects of getting out of that game was you had to find a screwdriver 
to then dismantle part of the hatch. It, it seemed like just opening the hatch and getting out with the heat going up was enough, you know? It, it, the, the, the screwdriver element just confused it for me, because it's like, well, is that part of the game, or is that, like, trying to break the rules and... and well, I think, see, I think I think that is more escape room-like, because in a real escape room, you know, you're trying to make things as complicated as possible, and, and, you, and, you, and you want to kind of drip things in, so you'll find something somewhere, and it's like, what are we going to do with this? We don't know yet. It's like, okay, let's put that to one side, and we'll figure that out mm. later. And then later on, you come up with something, and you go, oh, it's that, that thing we were going to, we didn't know. And so mm. a good mm. escape room has layers and, and kind of things that suddenly are useful. And uh, it's not just kind of one puzzle, next puzzle, one puzzle, next puzzle. Also, you should be tailoring to deal with a group of people. So there should be more than one thing going on at once. So yeah, having a load of people like holding a block of ice for 20 minutes is not <laughs> a good <laughs> escape room because <laughs> that's not interesting or fun or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not not fun because, you know, it's not a well-made game. It's just not fun to <laughs> hold a block of ice until it melts, <laughs> in general. But, they, but then they, they get out of that room. That's it. The next room is like a nice log cabin kind of thing. And again, the clue to get out is so easy, I was screaming at the TV. Um, <laughs> what is the clue? It's... Uh, Blank, it, it, you'll go down in history, and then there's like a load of names on the wall, and you don't even have to look at the stuffed reindeer to know that it's a reference to Rudolph because well, they've got the R, haven't they? I didn't count this as a room in itself. I guess perhaps it is. I just kind of took this and then the outside one of room as two, one. I think. Yeah, yeah, but I agree that was a bit easy. Uh, but they get it. Well, that's that was there just to wind up that kid sowing these seeds that. There's something deeper going on here, and that these people have been chosen specifically. Mm. Mm. Well, that that didn't pay off, did it? Because yeah, you keep getting these flashbacks and clues that are, or solutions to problems that are built around, as we said before, someone's past trauma. But the first few that we get, it's like something bad they've done. So the read that I got on the film initially, and I think anyone would get on the film, is that they have been selected as a kind of punishment for something evil or bad that they've done in their past and you know they're gonna have to confront those things that they got away with so that rudolph clue is because this kid was like off his tits driving and implicitly killed a load of his teenage friends in the car by drink driving there's another similar clue or solution that involves a guy's jacket and it's because he like stole a jacket off this person and left them to die but it's not consistent with that. It seems like a lot of the people are just legitimately the victims of <laughs> like acts of God outside of their control and had horrible things happen to them. I guess they had to pull back from that because that it would be sore, wouldn't it? Like that's his whole thing of uh, getting people together who've done bad things, and this is like a punishment, and they've got to pay penance basically and go through these experiences. Mm. And if they get out alive, great, you deserve to live now. Or and if not, then well, you deserve to die as well. Um, I'm assuming they're wanting to not do that, but then at the same time, why put in all this stuff kind of where the obvious answer is that, and mm. then yeah, I mean we'll talk about the ending when we get to it. And it wasn't even like a weird message, like 
you're somehow better than everyone who hasn't suffered because you've suffered. It wasn't like an M. Night Shyamalan split situation where the moral is suffering is good and makes you a good, (laughs) a better person. Well, the idea was that they'd all survived things where everyone else had died and therefore were they somehow intrinsically lucky? And so if you put them in another dangerous so situation, will like they survive? So it is like M. Night Shyamalan Unbreakable yeah, rather than Split. Okay. Which, uh, like, the, the further on we were going with this, it does feel like it more and more difficult to nail the landing. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <laughs> then, yeah, room number three is a pool bar, but it's upside down, like, everything's stuck to the ceiling like a student prank. <laughs> and uh, you kind of think, oh, that's not too bad. But then the floor starts falling away like a video game, revealing like a bottomless chasm beneath them, and they have to kind of climb around the room, which I liked a lot more than the icy room. I, I don't know about you. I, I thought it was mm. more yeah. inventive. I didn't I didn't gather that that was connected to anyone, though. Did you? No, I kept waiting for that. Wasn't the upside down... Didn't that trigger the aeroplane flashback for someone or some sort of flashback because the oven the oven is the woman who got burned in uh incendiary uh attack then you got you know the little shack but that was specifically for the guy who was drunk driving the ice is the guy with the hypothermia jacket and then there was this room so (laughs) (laughs) yep no idea what what was the escape room enthusiast's trauma what was this one carbon monoxide poisoning which i think is what oh, happens at the end room. where they all go mental yeah. because they take the drugs mm. so i guess this was for the the older guy maybe i i don't know but he was caught in a cave-in oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah anyway. but but i know what you mean it just start to sort of this is the point where it starts to like come apart at the seams and this is where we lose the um the army lady as well she sort of um sacrifices yeah. herself uh puts that was in an incredible amount of danger what that she dies that she falls to her death everything about it down to her dangling off the ceiling suspended by a phone cord as if it would possibly uh <laughs> take her weight for as long as it did before snapping <laughs> in fact it didn't snap did it she just let go if i remember well, I thought it was there for that reason. Like, it it was there for the intended gymnastic thing, and that's why it did hold her weight. But then when it snaps, I was like, okay, is this someone else has pushed a button somewhere and just decided, oh, no, she's not going to be in this anymore or what, really? But, yeah, this is where things started going downhill for me quite quickly. The next room is this um, sort of hospital ward, and mm. each each character has a file there sort of talking about their trauma and, and, and whatever. Um, this is where they all put the pieces together. They were all survivors of various things. And this is where the character who I think is poised as our protagonist kind of loses the plot and uh, just starts smashing everything up <laughs> instead of trying to do the room. <laughs> well, yeah, because she gets something... She's decided that she's going to just break the break the system, basically. Um, she's already got a plan in her head, but she doesn't tell anyone else. And then they start faffing around with some, um, what is it? EPG? What would you call that? Uh, The machine, the heart (laughs) monitor thing. Because they 
come to the wrong conclusion that they need to get a high heart rate, so they stick it on the the older guy and then zap him with the defibrillator to give him a high heart rate. But then that just kills him. I don't know what um, what the thought. And then process the guy has to yeah, meditate to lower his heart rate to such an extent that that then opens the door. That that whole thing wasn't was too really... keen on all of this. They defibrillate the guy. <laughs> For some reason, they think that's going to make his heart rate go up, as opposed to <laughs> stopping his heart, which is what it does. <laughs> which is what they do. That's what defibrillators do. They just they completely mess up your heart rate, and mm. so your heart has to start again. So I don't know um, what the thinking there was particularly, but I, I I liked it. It was sort of an intense moment and. It it didn't make sense, but they're not in a situation that makes sense. They're not thinking clearly. So it kind of worked. I think it's more unrealistic that he, yeah, just takes his shirt off to reveal a rippling body so that he can meditate his way to freedom. <laughs> <laughs> that, seemed, that seemed weirder somehow. I think I would prefer it if it was a character that didn't turn out to be a murderer that did it like I, I don't know like i like the idea that they're all sort of panicking and flapping around and do something wrong that ends up in one of them dying but the fact that it's that guy and then he ends up like oh well you only survived because you killed the guy who you were on the capsized boat with and all that I just this is when it, it really started losing me here this whole thing yeah yeah so then then they go through into this other room which is the trippy room and they have to fight over the antidote, and it's the scrawny kid that wins more by luck than anything else. Mm. And then we he gets dropped into this other room, which is where we saw at the beginning. Yeah, that last room was a real fucking... Just, they'd run out of inspiration and desire to do anything, I think. But at the same time, it's like, why are we going to make like our best work for two people? Everyone's going to be dead at this point in the <laughs> in the game. You mean the last room is in the one that we open the film with, or the one with like the spinny yeah. floor and the antidote? No, I, I like the spinny floor one. That was okay. that was fun. That took me back to being in the jungle bungle as a kid, or something like that. Hmm. You know, was... Well, actually, that one that that opens the film, that one was the most relatable one for me. Anyway, those are the ones that I, that I've experienced have mostly been like, where it's like, oh, it is yeah, some yeah. sort of room and lots of different things everywhere. But I think that's why it was a bit of a crap one to end the film on, because it's like, oh, this is just right. like an actual escape room. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that should have been the first one. It should have been like a normal escape room, and then... Mm. Well, I don't even know, like, the last one didn't even really feel like an escape room with the spinny floor and stuff. It was just like, aha, we've poisoned mm. you, find the antidote, and then they scuffle yeah. for a bit, <laughs> and then yeah, they have find a fight. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've, we've glossed over the very start of the film, we're introduced to uh, a scientific principle, which is the notion that if you measure something, then... Oh, what is it? <laughs> it's, annoy it's annoying because I was always under the impression that you can't uh, measure something without affecting the outcome. But this was, like, contradictory to that. But I did look it up and it's a real thing. No, that's what it was saying. Like, you, you can't even, you can't, it, just by observing something, you, you are affecting it. And it's, it's the driving force that leads that character to begin smashing up the security cameras watching them. Because she got taught this in science and believes that smashing the cameras will allow them to get out and beat the game because they'll no longer be playing by the game rules or something. 
Mm, mm. I mean, in a more direct sense, if they can't see them, she can pretend to be dead uh, and then mm. sneak up behind them and smash them in the back of the head. That is, in yeah. a more direct sense, a way of beating <laughs> the game. As opposed to, you know, some sort of quantum physics metaphor. Well, this is it. It, it was like, why don't, why don't they just have her say, oh man, I don't like that they're watching us and getting off on this. I'm not playing by their rules. And then she does it. Yeah, But she's like, she's being a hindrance to the other people trying to get through that room at that point. Especially because she's the most, well, she's the most valuable um, person as well. She's the one who's doing most of the figuring out here as well. So by removing mm. herself from that, she's uh, yeah, doing the others a disservice. And she doesn't say anything to them. It's just like, nah, I'm getting out of here. Which, you know, fair enough. She doesn't know them. <laughs> so yeah, the, twi- the twist is she only pretended to be poisoned. She actually used some oxygen. And so then she breaks out and the other twist is that when we saw that guy getting killed in the first scene actually uh, we cut away just as he didn't get killed and he pops out of the fireplace <laughs> his, his legs are like crushed to fuck though <laughs> which the film seemed to gloss over pretty happily but we mm. we we get to this kind of reveal where it's like oh we're going to see the games master it's like there's no way this can pay off there's no way mm. that they've got some great twist here that's going to make so much sense and go, oh my god, that's amazing. And it's not. It's just a bloke, uh, sort of a beardy bloke. Doesn't but that, that is Dr. Wu Han Yu, isn't it? <laughs> Wu Han Yu. But he, but he uh, like, you would think someone with a name like Wu Han Yu. <laughs> it's Wu Tan. You, you, you might be forgiven for thinking, you know, it might be an Asian actor, uh, East Asian. But I'd say he evokes more than anyone the likes of maybe Lars von Trier. <laughs> well, he's not. Do you know what I mean? He, well, he's not hmm? uh, Wu Han Yu. No one's Wu Han Yu, are they? It's Wu Tan Yu. Wu Tan Yu, sorry. Um, it's, it's just an anagram. And no he, he even says, like, uh, they say, like, oh, you designed this? And he's like, I didn't design this. I'm just kind of here to run things. Um, so I guess that was to kind of save a bigger reveal for later down the line. I do feel like they really fucked themselves with that casting, though. You know, not to... What's that guy called? The character? The Game What's Master? What's the actor called? <laughs> um, Yorick oh, yeah, Van... Games Master Wu-Tan Yu. Yorick Van Wiegeningen. <laughs> well, what are you looking at? Where are you getting this casting information? IMDb. <laughs> and the character is Dr. Wu-Tan Yu? Yeah. Oh, okay. Games Master. He's credited as... Games Master Wu Tan Yu. Oh, hmm. I didn't think that. Yeah, I didn't think Wu Tan Yu was a person. I thought it was just an anagram. Huh, well, okay. that's his nickname. Whatever. <laughs> he, um, he's from the Netherlands. This actor, and like, I don't want to be too mean about him, but it just feels like you went for your Werner Herzog, your Udo <laughs> Kier. You know, you went. You you made Dieter Laser, uh, <laughs> who's now sadly not no longer with us. Um, and you work down the list, and you've ended up with this guy, and he's just not good enough for this kind of scene-stealing, ch- like, scene-chewing, charismatic there's, there's kind of no a role, isn't stealing he? going on here. It's just a... They, they even build it up as a dramatic reveal, like he finally turns around and you see him, and he's like, ooh. Well, that's you know, it. And, and like... this is... This needs to be a Jeffrey Combs, or someone. Or just someone 
giving a good performance, a compelling <laughs> yeah, com- performance. compelling, that's what it needs to be, not good. When he yeah. first turned around, because they were building up to it so much, and then we finally see his face, I, 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 I don't know if my brain just did something to connect to a dot that wasn't there, but I thought it was Colin Firth at first. Because <laughs> I was just sort of like, oh wow, that's, and then I was like, oh, I have no idea who this is actually. But they treat it like it should be this big reveal, and then it's not. And then there is this whole thing that they say like, oh... Um, you know, <laughs> how have you, how have you, Colin Firth, like seriously let himself go? I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is. But then they 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 do this thing where it's like, oh, you're not even the main guy here. You're just somewhat. You you are a, a boss battle for this film, but they become so preoccupied in the last twenty minutes with setting things up for further installments that it's just like, oh, this mm. doesn't mean anything then. And it's like, oh no, the 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 guy who designed all this is somewhere else. And it's okay. Well, what does this mean then? Does this mean anything? Oh, and and mm. what what's the whole point that they're all there? Rich people are betting on them or something. Yeah, basically, yeah, it's just fun. It's like rat race. It's just a fun game to watch. Right. And I understand that. I I appreciate you know that's that's the most dangerous game modernized for you know a contemporary audience. Yeah, but then do we need to see people actually betting or doing something? Or I I don't know. It it feels yeah. Weird we need that... we need to see John Cleese on an airplane with a load of other <laughs> white old men throwing money at each other. <laughs> Absolutely. And the film would be better for it. And then they're gonna kill the ga- the the uh, the game master's gonna kill him anyway for some reason. Yes, but then the the young girl runs in. Turns out she's firearm trained. Uh, <laughs> she she really knows how to handle a weapon. She she can only just be barely old enough to have a gun. So I don't know why. Anyway, um, it's America, Alan. You you start getting trained up with a gun at like age three. She. <laughs> She saves the guy, they run away, she takes the police back there like four hours later and everything has not just sort of been abandoned, but been completely changed into a different building altogether. It's not been completely changed, they've like th- painted over it and stuff, haven't they? I well, mean... they ha- they've obviously done more than that though, haven't they? And it's ob- it, I just don't like that kind of supernatural level of, well, it's a, some sort of rich people thing, isn't it? I don't know, they can do whatever they want. Like the yeah. Illuminati or something. It's just a bit too much. Yeah, I know. I, I completely agree. I think the ending really, and this is like like the first of about three endings that we get for the film because again, they're really setting up this whole like, oh, we'll just find out next time, and uh, I think that's where it falls down. Like even if when you look at the original Saw, like whatever you think about the film, I think it is quite a cool twist at the end that oh, the guy in the room is actually alive and he's the one. And I think they, there are some nice twists and turns in that film. Here, there there aren't. It's just, oh, you're just here because rich people... Well, the, the, the problem with the whole come back next time and find out what's really going on thing is that you have to care. And, yeah, uh, you know, overall, I, I, I'll say it, I enjoyed this film, but I couldn't give a shit about the bigger conspiracy <laughs> and the, the bigger world of it all. I, I just want a mm. nice little self-contained bit of nonsense with people in death traps, you know? <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah. And I thought we'd moved beyond that. I thought we'd moved beyond the whole kind of Marvel, you know, the mummy with Tom Cruise. We need to set up 12 films down the line to make this work. And particularly with a film like this, where it's, you know, very low budget and 
I just don't. But but yeah, no, because we get the, after we get the whole like, oh, it's all been changed, and we don't believe you, young lady. She and the surviving young chap are having lunch, and then she's all like, oh, I'm gonna go and find out. I've discovered their address, and we're gonna go together and find out what's going on. And then there's actually some other kind of big elaborate escape room set on a plane being developed with like Blofeld on a digital screen going like this <laughs> mysterious dark out blackened figure just being like, Oh, we will get them next time or whatever. It's Doctor Claw, it's really <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> and and the other issue I have with that is that they're the two characters I am the least excited to follow <laughs> oh God, into yes. a sequel. <laughs> Yes. You know, I, I'm I'm up for coming back and watching Escape Room 2, but I kind of hope you'll refresh the, you know, characters. Yeah, you just have new characters and, we'll, and a new escape. Or maybe get a... Oh, God, who's the sort of person you'd get in this film? I've already said Jeffrey Combs about three times, but, you know, I, I get me a Jason Mewes or a, a Robert England's too old. Someone like that. Get me some horror icons, chuck them in there. And great, I, I don't care about the two least interesting characters in the whole thing. Well, um, these two are coming back for the next one. <laughs> so, um, Yay! I, in, in starring roles. Looking at the cast list, the only person that I recognise is someone called Isabella Furman, who is um, the girl from um, Orphan. Oh, yes. And yeah. she's been in other stuff. I think she was in... Was she in Hunger Games or something like that? I know like the that? name. But yeah. Yeah, I'm looking now. I don't know any of these names. And maybe they are saving someone to be the surprise, because they certainly, they're obviously uh, hedging their bets, like, they don't show the puzzle maker himself uh, at the end of this film. It's just a, a shadowy figure on a screen, so they're clearly hoping somewhere down the line, I guess, that they'll get someone notable for that part. But Who do you think they'll get? They've got more money, probably, to play with now for the mm. second one. Who would be someone recognizable? Yeah, like that, that's the thing. Like, it can't just be an older horror icon. It has to be someone sort of recognizable. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna go for someone like Sigourney Weaver, but it's gonna be like the ninety seventh name on that list <laughs> because Sigourney <laughs> Weaver is not gonna do this. Rick Moranis. <laughs> <laughs> What's Robert Patrick up to these days? I reckon he's the guy. Ooh. I reckon that's who they're gonna get. There you go. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Unless he's been uh, roped into one of James Cameron's Avatar sequels, in which case it might be too expensive now. I mean, I must say, I've made any broad comments, um, but I was not particularly expecting to like the film, and I don't think it started that well. But as many complaints as I've had, I did like it, and I thought... Hmm. What I liked about it was I thought the characters were all really engaging. I thought the acting was solid... And I thought that going into each room, it was fresh enough. There were some new ideas, mm. new yeah, information yeah. dripping through. And basically, I really, you know, I got to the end of it and it had completely held my attention for the whole time. You know, like I think you said, Calvin, yeah. earlier, I wasn't checking the phone or anything. And I have to say that's for a shitty little throwaway film. That's pretty good. <laughs> and. Yeah. And mm. it was really visually great. I didn't feel like I was mm. getting a load of CGI yeah. thrown at me. It felt very kind of... It had gone quite practical for, for the most part, you know? Obviously, when the floor falls away, I I realise it's not a real abyss. But, you know, it all just looked really cool. And I knew it wasn't going to pay off at the end, so I wasn't really disappointed. Because there was <laughs> no way to pay it off. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it was all right. 
Go on then, what's your rate at Alan? Uh, I gave it a seven. Oh! Wow. Bloody hell! Well, I, I'm really pleased to hear you say that, Alan, because I... This whole episode, I've been like, oh, I'm going to take a load of shit at the end by admitting <laughs> that I actually quite enjoyed this film. I mean, yeah, I I think it's a fucking stupid film. There's a load of issues with it. But taken for what it is, I think it's a really good job of it. And, you know, like I say, I've seen this exact same film done really badly. And, you know, even if it's only because this film had more money behind it, I also found it really engaging and entertaining. I do think it completely fell apart in the third act. That that attempt to wrap everything up was just dog shit. But yeah. like you, I don't think I expected it to really stick the landing. And I think it did a worse job of trying than I was anticipating. But it wasn't <laughs> enough to ruin the film for me like overall i enjoyed it and i'll probably check out the sequel when it comes out so i also give it seven out of ten wow huh i i thought i was going to be the generous one um coming into this (laughs) so that's uh wow that's interesting I, 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 well, I echo exactly what both of you were saying, and particularly Alan, actually. Like, it really did engage me, and for the first hour or so, even the beginning stuff with all the character setup, I was fine with it. And uh, once the rooms got going, the first, like, three, four, I was, like, quite invested in. I liked that even though there are some characters that they spend more time on at the beginning than others, I, I didn't think it was too telegraphed who, like, you know, the final girl was going to be as such, which... um. Do you know what, Which right? Nice. Just as you bring that up. Hmm? That's another thing I liked about this. I could, n- I had absolutely no idea who was going to die, who was going to make it to the end. I know that hmm. we had the one girl who was a na- the nice person, so you think she's going to survive or whatever. But I thought it was totally within reason that they would kill her to surprise you. Like, that would have been totally believable. And I, 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 that was another thing I liked about it. I could not predict what was going to happen next. When they went through a door, I didn't know what was coming, and I didn't know if one of them would just get stabbed in the face, and that would be it. Mm. And so <laughs> I think that's quite good. I think that's quite a, 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 yeah. a good thing to have. In the film. That, that's interesting to say we open on one of the characters having made it to Yeah, well, that was... I, I kind of knew <laughs> that couldn't be the end, I guess, in that sense. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. I, I think we're all on the same page for like probably the first hour or something, but then it it spirals out of control for me uh, very quickly um, around about the time of the defibrillator and it all just gets a little bit too... Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. As soon as it has to start explaining itself, it loses me completely. I really hate the <laughs> ending. Um, but for the most part, I did really like it and I liked that it, it, it does the sore thing, but it's not... it's not gratuitously unpleasant like swords in showing you all the blood and guts and just in this current state of the world i don't really want to see that anyway i'm just happy to for something to be nice and clean and neat for the most part um so but all all that being said i I, the ending the last 20 minutes was really detrimental and ruined um a lot of my enjoyment so it is only going to be a six from me but um, as I said, I think this is a fairly respectable score overall for a film that I didn't expect us all to like so much. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I enjoyed this anyway. Uh, I, I shall be seeing the sequel when it comes out. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Come back next week. In the meantime, you can get in touch with us on Instagram or Twitter at DimReturnsPod. And you know what? Why don't you go and rate and review us on iTunes? That really helps us reach a wider audience. Go and do it now!